My, 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 my. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here at the OCC fam. Uh, good to see you guys today. Whether you're joining us from Prosper, whether you're joining us from Garland, whether you're joining us from Louisville or from Dallas, or whether you're in the house at Plano, wherever you join us from, part of our global community, thank you so much for hanging out with us on today. Ain't no telling what we gonna do, all right? Uh, it's just great to be here. So anyways, you join us in a series. By the way, if this is your first time, um, we've never done this before, so uh, we're just trying something new, okay? Uh, but what well, last week, we started a new series, and it's all based on this show called The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette, right? Uh, and so it's called After the Rose. What happens uh, after the show is done, you have to face the reality. You weren't selected. Um, you, made, you made a mess of yourself, and all of a sudden you have all these regrets, and now you have to deal with it, <clears throat> and it's the tell-all show, all right? So last week we started this whole process, and we talked about uh, the five pillars of our society, of our country, and we suggested that um, 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 the five of them were this. It was number one, self-sufficiency. It was independence. It was happiness, money, and freedom. And we suggested that a strength taken too far becomes a weakness, which is why uh, a great country has some great strengths, but if you take it too far, you might leave God out, and you don't want to do that. Then we suggested for people who are on, not married or people who have been married and now divorced, we suggested that there are five reasons people get married, really, none of which are, are theological or biblical. And we suggested that those are things like security, children, companionship, happiness, and obviously it's cheaper. So that's one of, the, one of the reasons. None of those are godly, but yet still, that's the real reason why many people get married. And then we talked to you a little bit about why you should get married last time. And then we gave you five things to look for when you're, when you're trying to discern who you should spend the rest of your life with. They all come out of First Timothy chapter 4, verse number 12. Number one was speech. Number two, conduct. Number three, love for faith, and then lastly, purity. If you missed any of those, just go on our website, download our app. They're all there for you. So anyways, uh, I don't know. I wonder if you know which campus I'm at today, but I'm, I'm here. So let me get out of this limo and see what God is up to on today. Come on, OCC fam. Let's do it for the glory of God. Come on, somebody. Woo! My, 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 my. I ain't never done that before. Praise the Lord, somebody. Nothing broke, and we're still here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyways, uh, that's probably the last time you, you smile or clap, so get ready for what I got to say to you today. I, I, I legitimately am locked and loaded today. I legitimately, um, I, am, I am not afraid of anybody today, so we're just going to preach God's word. Whether they like it, it don't matter if you walk out of my sermon today. It does not matter. Whatever campus you're at, we finna preach the pure, unadulterated word of God. Don't clap. Don't clap. Wait till you hear what it's about. Wait till you hear. what. I, I, if I were you, I wouldn't clap just yet. I'd wait, with, <laughs> I'd wait to hear what it's about first. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me show you really the reason why I'm doing it. If you want somebody to change... You got to do a couple things. One of my mentors said this. He said, if you want, if you want people to, to change who they are today, then they got to either hurt enough that they have to change. Or you have to let them see enough 
so they are inspired to change. Or number three, they have to learn enough and want to change. Or lastly, they have to receive enough so that they are able to change. Now, the reason I'm doing this particular talk, I've never heard a talk like this in my life. The reason I'm doing this talk is because I believe some people haven't seen enough so they're not inspired to change. I believe there's some people that, that don't know enough so they don't want to change yet. And they have not received enough and so they're not able to change. So today, we're going to fix all three of those. Hopefully, you're not at this level where you hurt enough so you don't have a choice but to change. Is that all right? So in a moment, I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the Word of God. I'm going to tell you what it is. I ain't scared of you. I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, today, we're going to talk about help. I have a wife that is more spiritual than me. I have a wife that is more a better leader than me. How do I lead a woman that is more spiritual and have more natural abilities of leadership than me? <laughs> you can't even say amen. Some of you are scared already. Some of you are so nervous. At all. Oh, God, here we go. Here, I'm going to see that word. I'm going to see that word. I don't want to say it. It's going to be all right. We're going to read the word of the Lord, and we're going to get to it on today. I'm going to the passage of Scripture. Some of you ladies don't want in the Bible, uh, but it's there. So let's talk about it. It's Ephesians chapter 5. Will you stand with me, please, everybody? Whether you want to or not, just stand, please. Whether you want to read this verse or not, it's going to be all right. I'm going to do it four verses. That's all you can handle. Four. Four verses. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us on today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Here's the word nobody likes to see. <clears throat> uh, this word right here, but we're going to talk about it in a minute, in a minute, in a minute. All right? So let's go. Everybody just read to me. Read slowly, though. You can't handle it too fast. So everybody, come on. Uh, There is so much packed in this one verse. It is so, it is so rich. The text says, <clears throat> by the way, all of a sudden, um, I hear the men a little louder than they used to be. <clears throat> is it just me? I, I, I'm hearing the men <clears throat> talking about wives. <clears throat> wives, 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 be subject. Okay, first of all, first of all, first of all, first of all. You ever notice how from Ephesians chapter 5 all the way through Ephesians chapter 6, it gives three segments of people that are, that are to obey or to submit or to, it does three. Everybody hate the first one. When it comes to wives, be subject, uh-uh. When it comes to kids, obey, mm-hmm. We don't like it, but it's in the text too. So we got to wrestle with it. The text says, wives, be subject. And then it says something real funny to your How are you going to be more submissive downtown, but not in your own home? Somebody on this side. Whatever campus you're on, the left side, that side. Somebody over here, their, their face just got contorted. We all right? 
Uh, the, the, the text says you must be um, submissive to your, to your own, yours, 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 your own. By the way, it also does not say, um, does not say, does not say, girlfriends be, be submissive to your boyfriends. That's not what it says. It didn't say that. It, so, so the dudes who expect you to be all, yes, sir, that, that, no, 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 put a ring on it. Put a ring on it. Uh, somebody just say, amen. Oh, 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 oh. I mean, wives, be subject to your own husband. Now, listen, listen, listen. The most important word in this entire verse is this. Somebody say it again. Yes. All campuses say this word again. Yes. Good. That's important. Because if this is all it said, then there is no model to follow. The reason, ladies, you're good is because it has the word as, finish it with me, to the Lord. Which means it gives you some boundaries. Which means he can't just be buck wild crazy. Which means, which means he can't just say, well, well, I'm the man of the house. If he got to say that. You notice Jesus never tell you, follow me because I'm Jesus. No, he just dies for you. So because he dies for, by the way, ladies, 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 this ain't the time to talk about, that's right. Because it reveals that there's something deeper down there. It reveals, <laughs> it, it reveals that there's a little pain down there. So, 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 so for the rest of the sermon, just say something like, hmm. Use him, Lord, use him. That's all you need to say. You know. hey, hey, no, no, no. Huh. Huh. You better believe it. And then for sure don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just calm down. Do not weaponize my sermon. Next verse. Here we go. Here we go. Huh. Fellas, you were, you were loving that verse, huh? You were loving that verse. Okay. All right. Fellas, you're going to love this verse even more. Watch it now. For the is the of the Somebody just got mad. They just got I'm the head of me. That's the problem. Here's the, here's the word again. Come on, everybody. This is why, ladies, you can chill. As Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the, there it is, of the, the word as changes the whole game. Any person who walks around talking about I'm the head, don't know Christ. Because if you're the head, you should be willing not only to leave the comforts of heaven, but you ought to be willing to be spat upon, to be pierced, to die. And you do it all for your bride. Ladies, don't say nothing. Just stay, use them. In your mind, use them, Lord, use them. That's all you need to say. Go to verse 31. Verse 31. Now watch this. This is so very important because he's going to go back to the book of Genesis. 
and he's going to start there and quote a verse from Genesis. Why does he do that? Read it with me. For this reason, a man shall leave. Stop. You got to leave physically and influentially. Leave your mama out. Don't clap, don't clap, don't clap. Come on. <laughs> leave, leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. Stop right there. Because what he's going to say next is something that... Um, um, most people don't get. In heaven, he no longer sees you as two. He only sees you as one. Singles, so therefore be careful who you marry because you don't get an out. Because in heaven, he sees you no longer as, but as, I could stay there for a long time, but some of you would get so mad because of decisions you've made. Uh, 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 John the and two shall become one. Now, watch the profoundness of this text. Next verse. It says, this, stop right there. What is the mystery? Something that nobody knew from creation until now. This is a mystery, he says. This mystery is great. What are you speaking about, Paul? I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. That's a revelation, brand new revelation, never seen before. What is he saying? That, that when, when God calls you Mr. The Head, it is not just a flip of a coin. Should it be a woman that's the head or should it be a, a man that's the head? Okay, let's see. Boop. Heads, man, you get to be it, you get to be That's not what happened. Before the foundation, God says, uh, something's going to happen where I'm going to have to send my son. My son's going to have to die. And when he dies, he's going to die so that, so that, so that he, can, he can bring the church together so that they can now worship God. Listen to this. Watch the comparison now. So here's what he says. He says, before I thought about man and woman, I thought about my church and that Jesus would be the head of that church. What does that mean for you? That means that in your essence, men, you are called to be the leader of your house. I don't care if you don't have the personality. I don't care if you're not driven like her. God says, not, 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 not just maybe, in your essence, who you are. You're called to be the leader of that church. House, can I get a witness, somebody? That was about 15 of you that clapped, but it's okay. I'm going to teach you this today because all I'm trying to do today is teach you how to lead if you're not as good a leader as her because she can still be led. But you need to know how to lead her, and that's what we're going to talk about. Some of you are mad that you're standing this long. If you're sitting, you wouldn't be listening. That's why I made you stand this long. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Well, Lord, 
Please be my guide today. Father, we desperately need you, so lead us now. Remove all distractions, remove all past hurts, so that we can hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. On all our campuses said, amen. amen and amen. Part of the problem is that uh, most guys, a lot of guys, have never seen an example of what it looks like uh, to be to lead in the home, one, maybe because your dad wasn't there, he wasn't present, two, because maybe your dad made a, made a, didn't do a good job of, of leading the home, so, so you've never seen it, you've never seen it model, if you, or if he was present, you saw a bad illustration of it, number three, um, or culture doesn't celebrate male leadership anymore, and so if you don't, if you don't celebrate it, then why should I cultivate it? Because it, we don't need it. And then lastly, oftentimes in the home, um, the moms usually raise up daughters to, to, to take care of the home when she is at work as a single parent. And then we usually, um, foolishly, coddle the dudes so they don't know how to do it and they just depend on their sister or whoever else raised them. In light of that, uh, the, the, the necessary skills that were there to, to raise this young man up so that he could provide direction and, and so on for the family is not there. But it usually is in the daughter. So what happens is we raise a generation of daughters who are crushing it, and then they get to go look for a dude that's crushing it. The problem is they have seldomly been told no, and they get to just do whatever they want to do, and so they go to find a dude to marry because they're killing it in corporate, and so when they're killing it, they're looking for somebody to just be the perfect blend, and then when you look over, either when you see a dude, he starts fighting with you because both of you are type A and both of you are two bulls in a you got it. And so therefore, 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 he said, no, that's not me. No, no, no. He don't, he don't respect me, so on and so forth. So then you go and you find a dude that will let you talk all the time. And you think it's great at first. And, and everything, he just listens to all your stories. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I found the perfect person that thinks I'm the greatest because he lets me talk. Not that he lets you lead, because you don't want to admit that yet, but he lets you talk. So then you say, oh my gosh, I found him. He's so cool. He's not like me. He doesn't, he's, he believes in me. He pumps me up, so on and so forth. So then you walk down the aisle and you be like, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit, and so on and so forth. And then, and then, because he's so different from you, because opposites attract, so then you walk down that. Then after the first year or so, second year, third year, fourth year, you be like, he can't lead me. Well, first of all, he never could lead you because sometimes you don't want to be led. I do have a bulletproof vest on today. So then you start complaining that he can't lead you spiritually and he can't lead you in terms of his natural ability. So now you get bored because you, you like to be in charge. 
And by the way, nobody taught you how not to be in charge and how to let somebody else lead. So you go, you go to corporate and you lead and everybody's like, oh my God, she's so amazing. And you come home and you'll be like, I don't want to lead at home. But it looks like you got to lead again. But the problem is, at your core essence, God created you to follow somebody. But you don't want to do it at work, which is fine because that's what your job is. But when you come home, you want to be like, but you can't. So therefore, now we got a problem. That's why you bring him to church and say, Pastor, he's not spiritual. He can't lead me. I need somebody who can lead me. The Lord wouldn't want me to marry somebody who can't. Don't blame this on Jesus. Do not blame this on Jesus. So that's where we end up. So then, ladies, this will happen next. Man, I'm coming to you, I promise you. And don't say none, just look straight at me. Do not look to your right or to your left. Look at me. And then without knowing it, you start discouraging your husband. You're not doing it intentionally. It just happens. Five ways, you, five ways that you have a tendency to do this. Number one, five ways. Number one is you don't tell him you're proud of him. Number two is you don't, you, you don't express your desire for him. He got to express his desire, and now he's scared because you intimidate him to express his own desires. And you don't express it for him because I'm going to show you why in a minute. Number three, you don't believe in him. You used to, but you don't anymore. Number four, you refuse to trust in him. And number five, you love him, say it with me, conditionally. Let me, let me use a landscaping illustration to help you. Uh, back in there, you used to do landscaping, and when we go to our new housing scheme, our housing development, you'd have all dirt around the whole yard. So what we'd do is we'd get some mulch. Mulch has, um, it has a little bit of poop and stuff in there, and you have a little bit of wood chips in there, and you mix it all up. And the reason you put it on the ground and, and, road, and till it into the ground is so that um, it, it, holds, it holds water better than just the dirt. And so you put it in there so that the grass will become more lush green. When you, once you're finished, though, you put the sod all around it. Let's say this is all the, this is all the yard, all around the yard, all around the yard. All around. But then you have more mulch left over, but the mulch is in the back, in the corner, and it's a big pile of mulch. I almost brought mulch in here today, but it would sting too much, so I didn't do it. So there are limits. There are limits. I, they are li I know some of you don't think they're limits, but there are limits, okay? Almost brought some mulch, but the, the, a fresh aroma would... Um, would not be enticing. Every now and again, I want to engage your sense of smell, but I didn't think that was appropriate. So anyways, um, 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 so you have a big old pile of mulch. Now, here's what we do. The mulch stinks. You have all this grass you can enjoy. And you know what we do in marriage? We come over to the mulch, and we live by the mulch as if there is no green grass anywhere else. So you find the fault in your, in your spouse, you, he finds the fault in you, and you live. Well, if you wouldn't do And all of a sudden, you, f you find yourself fighting, and you have mouth all over you, you're stinky, and it's all because you don't want to enjoy all that God has given you. You have allowed the mulch to define your whole relationship. By the way, the, the, the devil is not doing anything he has not done in the past. In the garden, he said, hey, you see this one tree? God said, don't eat from it. You know what Adam and Eve did? They're looking at the tree. I'm like, okay, well, okay, well maybe a little bite, maybe. Uh, what do you think about this one? Uh, well, let's eat from this side. Uh, let's get up top and see it from the, from, the, from the sky side. 
and you focus your whole time on what you can't have instead of enjoy all the good things that you could enjoy that he has made for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to suggest to you that anybody, every single couple there is got drama. You got something that you don't think is a big deal, that the other one think is a big deal, and all of a sudden, you want to live by the mulch instead of enjoy all that God has given you. And today, I want to suggest to you, ladies, that the dude that God's given you, in his essence, God created him to be a leader. Now... Ah, I got to make sure it's alive first. Yeah, it is. Praise the Lord. Now, ladies, part of the problem is whatever container or environment you put your husband in, he can only grow to the container that you have placed him in. Oh, my God. So some of you have him over here, and you just have given up hope on the dude. Instead of he can't grow no more, he don't want to grow, I can't stand him. Instead of giving him, hold on, let me make sure it's alive. It is. Instead of, instead of giving him a bigger arena and dreaming with the young man about what God can and will do in his future, you keep him in a little container because how your mind thinks of him today is how it will think about him 25, 30, 40 years from now. Yeah, doc. That's good, doc. No, no, gentlemen, when I go to the ladies, they're going to be yelling at me. Y'all sitting there like, at least you can say, hmm, hmm, or just point your finger and say, praise the Lord. Because, ladies, if you keep him over here, he'll never grow to his maximum potential, which is why you have to believe in him. You have to love him unconditionally so that even on his worst day, you're still believing in a brighter future for him. In light of that, gentlemen, let's zoom in now on you, and let's talk about it. Your concern, gentlemen, is that she, she, she can discern God's will. Your, your concern, gentlemen, is that she is, she is dependent on God more than you. Your concern, gentlemen, is that she has a desire for God more than you. Well, gentlemen, some, most of the time, she grew up and got saved way before you did. So it's okay that she's been a Christian longer. It's okay that, that, that she knows more verses than you. It just means you gotta, you got to step up and catch up. And that's not going to happen overnight, which is why you start and you progressively get there. Because if you're going to lead her, you've got to realize <clears throat> that um, there are three kinds of activity that takes place in every marriage. I've taught you this before, by the way. Three kinds of activity. The first one is... Put all three up. The first one I want to talk about is reactivity. That means when something happens in your house, you're just responding to what has happened. That's not leadership. That's reactionary. That means something happened. Oh, my gosh. Okay, what are we going to do with this? Sometimes you talk about it. Sometimes you don't talk about it. You leave it flat and you move on. Sometimes you talk about it and it becomes an argument. Sometimes it becomes such an argument that no, it becomes radioactive, which means every time you talk about it, both of you want to just blow something up. And because of that, you can't get to any kind of um, um, authentic, transparent conversation. Why? 
because it is so tender for you to talk about this issue. But then the third one, which is leadership, is to be proactive with it. And all proactive there means is we're going to talk before it happens about what we're doing this year. And we're going to talk about what is the moral, what is the moral compass of our home and where we're going to handle and what we're going to do and how we're going to pull it off. Why is that important? Because now you're trying to tee up issues before it actually happens so you know what you're going to do when it actually happens. That's called leadership. That's who God has called you to be. What you cannot do is to be silent. Adam was silent, and since he was silent, we ended up in chaos, which is why you and I can be silent. Every time I'm silent, something crazy happens. Every, and, and I know why you get silent. You know why you get silent, fellas? You get silent because you know that if you ever enter this court of conversation, it's going to be four hours. And you'll be like, I, I, I can't take it. Not today. Not today, Lord. I can't take it. it just, yeah, I, I just know what it's going to be. It's going to be a four-hour conversation, and we're going to go back to 1999, and we're going to have to talk about 1999, 1984. We're going to have to go all the way back to your mama and your parents. Then we're going to have to go all the way in the future, and it's going to be too much. It's just going to be too much, so I'm not going to get on that path. So let me just be silent, and every time you're silent, it gets worse. And then they always want to come up at 11 o'clock at night. No, I need to go to my bed. That's what I need to do. I'm not saying nothing else because I know what it, we're going to be up at 3 in the morning and we have to go to work at 7 o'clock. I can't do it. It's too much. It's just too much. It's just too much. <laughs> Fellas, can I get a witness in this place? Yeah. The struggle is real. For all of us. <laughs> ah, okay. So our job is to be proactive. No, flip your paper over. Let's, let's get to, let's get to some, some practical implications. Now watch this. So the first thing I have to talk about now is how then do we actually, listen please fellas, how then do we actually lead somebody who's more naturally gifted than we are. But we have the essence that God has called us to. But how do we then do this? That becomes the question we're going to wrestle with now. <clears throat> so the first thing I want to suggest is leading your wife, if she's a better leader, naturally a better leader than you. There are three things I want you to do. Let's go through them quickly. Number one is you got to learn to lead yourself first. Gentlemen, if you can't lead yourself, then it's going to be real hard for her to lead, for you, for her to trust you to lead her. You got to learn to lead. And what does that mean? <clears throat> that means whatever, whatever goals you set out for yourself, you got to accomplish them. Whatever, whatever agenda you have, whatever environment you want to create, you're going to create it. Gentlemen, listen to me. I promise you, I've seen this one in my own life. The, the more out of control you are, the more you try to control her. Let me say that again. <clears throat> when you look in the mirror, if you're not getting your stuff done, then you're going to try to man up and control her. Since you suck, you're going to try to control her, and you're going to say, well, well this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it. This, 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 this is how we're going to do it. 
Your assignment, sir, your assignment is that you're going to take responsibility when you don't do what you're supposed to do. And you're not going to use it to control her. Instead, you're going to say, let me get my stuff done. The best way to gain credibility is to knock your stuff out of the park. Handle your business. If it's your profession, handle it. Whatever your business is, handle that. And then, <clears throat> having led yourself well, now you have the opportunity to lead her. So instead of focusing on her right now, well, Pastor, you just don't know the wife I got. If you know her, she ain't going to make nobody lead in this. Da, 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 da. <laughs> just lead yourself. Just come up with what you want to get done and then crush it before talking to her about it. Just ask Jesus to help you with that. All right? <clears throat> Listen, this is, this is, this is huge. She can't trust you unless you can lead you. So therefore, it's your job to lead you. It's going to make sense theologically here in a minute. <clears throat> Let me remind you again. When we can't lead ourselves, we try to control other people. When we don't get to lead ourselves, we try to control others. So when I say lead yourself, I mean... Your relationship is a mirror of you. What does that mean? Whatever is happening in this relationship is a mirror of you. So when you blame her, you actually should blame yourself. Because the two shall become one. And you have primary responsibility for that oneness. Therefore, when you start blaming her, you ought to blame you because you have not discipled her. So now you're looking at yourself. So whenever you blame her, just say, yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just passive in that area. Yeah, I'm just, don't blame her, blame you because you're the leader in essence of who God's called you to be. So therefore, as we move forward, gentlemen, you got to learn to lead yourself First, is there a structure that you abide by? Is there, is, there, is there a value system that guides you and therefore guides your home? Number two, second one, this one, <clears throat> and this is um, leadership is direction and direction is leadership. Men, please listen to me. If you're going to lead somebody, then you're providing them direction. Where are we going? That's what she wants to know. Where are we going? Where are we going to be at the end of this year? Where are we going to be at the end of two? Where are we going to be spiritually? Where are we going to be financially? You love talking about where are we going to be financially? Where are we going to be spiritually? Where are we going to be? Um, um, are you going to set the tone of service in this house? Are you going to set the tone of worship in this house? Well, uh, I just don't like to sing, but well then, well then learn. Just make a joyful noise. You don't have to sit there, I just, I just, this is just not me. No, no. You're going to be worshiping God in heaven, so get over yourself and start singing. It's okay, fellas. It really is okay. And it's okay to raise a finger sometimes. I didn't say a hand, a finger. It's okay. Just raise right here. This is a good place. Just stay right here. You don't have to go all the way up. Stay right here. But it's okay. For real. I'm not playing for real. Because leadership is direction. What does that mean? That means where are we going? Who's going with us? 
What does it look like? There are two words you have to understand when it comes to direction. One is pace and one is tone. One is pace. Everybody say that word with me, pace. 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 How fast are you getting there? The other one is tone. What's the environment that you're going to create as we get there? This is so important. Pace. It's not just your pace and it's not just her pace. It's let's talk about it and figure out what pace is appropriate. Let, let me use the one you love to use. So when you come up with a financial go, yeah, I want to crush it this year. I want to crush it this year. And this is what I'm going to do. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, let, let's save $10,000 this year. Some of you be like, $10,000? Are you kidding me? And then some of you be like, $10,000, oh God, $10,000. Anyway, um, um, how are we going to save it this year? Is, is it too fast to say we're going to save $10,000 in the first two months? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it too fast? And, and then you have a dialogue and you, go to, and you come to a conclusion. Because remember, you have primary leadership responsibility, not sole responsibility. So you don't make decisions and then come in and say, you got to follow me. No, 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 no. You have leadership in your essence. But if you're doing it like Jesus, he, he has guided us and showed us how this thing should be shaped. Uh, the last one is, watch this one now. Um, 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 don't react. Everybody say three times. Don't. React. Two more times. Don't. React. Last time. Don't. React. Put, put another word there. I want you to regulate. Don't react. Regulate. Don't react. Regulate and then respond. Okay, let me explain what I mean. So you're leading yourself. You're trying to set direction. But then something happens along the journey. And when it does, the tendency is for you to react. Let me give you an illustration of it. Um, you come home, uh, or you're, let's say you're at home, and your bride comes home, and you've been working all day, and the trash is not out, and she comes home, and she starts off. Well, why the trash? Well, you've been at home all day. Why the trash ain't out yet? Now, your, your, your reaction's going to be... I lost two employees today. This is what's, what's in your brain. I lost two employees today. I've had meetings from 8.30 all the way up until now. Actually, I'm still in a meeting right now. I haven't even had time to have lunch yet. And so I see the track. I'm going to take it out, but I'm not there yet. So, gentlemen, you're locked and loaded. You're lo you got the right answer. You've got truth on your side. You just are dying to go boom and just, and ju and just let her have it. But that would be reacting. <laughs> now, some of you believe truth is more important than the person. So you don't care about the person because you got truth on your side. Now, what would happen if Jesus did that to you? He got truth on his side 24-7 and you still acting buck wild crazy. He could just say, you know what, let me just lay it into you. But he doesn't. Because he doesn't want you to follow him based on you have to. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to submit to him, actually, based on you doing it joyfully. So come here now. Let me show you. So that's why you don't react. You don't, I know you have truth on your side, but you don't react. You say, okay, um, um, you know what? Uh, you're right. I should have taken it out today. And, and, and you have all this truth. Now, number two, you can't brag about the truth you have after the fact. Because you know what we do, right? So we did it right this time. Yeah, oh, you know, oh, you know I'm so sorry. Babe. Let me pick it up. And you take it up and put it in there. And in your mind, you'd be like, I was real godly. I know I am. And so look at here. 
Look at here. I love Jesus. I know I love him because I could have let you have it, but I didn't let you have it. But, 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 but that's only because of Jesus. And then you arguing, I wish you would say something else. I wish you would because I'm already walking in the spirit of the living God. You're not walking in the spirit if you're keeping records of how godly you are. That's what you're supposed to naturally do because that's what Jesus did for you. So don't walk around like, oh, I love Jesus. I love you, Jesus. No, no, no. You did it one time in two years. Calm down. <laughs> you did. Don't, don't, don't walk around bragging about, mentally that is, because you're not telling her. You're mentally bragging about how godly you were a while ago. She don't even know that I could have blown, blown every argument she had out of the water. I would have killed her. I got this one. Calm down. You're just sacrificing. You want to sacrifice one time and think, okay, I did my dues. No, don't talk to me no more because I'm a godly man. My Bible says, you have to take up your cross daily. You want it to be the savior, the sanctifier, daily. Look at the person and say daily. All right, let's go. Now, let's go a little theological on you, and I'm going to go a little deep here, but just come with me. None of this is in your notes. You can pick it up online afterwards. So come, let me show you theologically how this works. Theologically. Here we go now. So... Husbands, you have the primary responsibility of leadership. Primary. It's who God created you to be. In light of that, you have three assignments. Number one, to lead her. Number two, to supply. Number three, to protect. Number one, to lead. That is, to take initiative to build a moral vision for your family. So what should you do when you go home today? You need to start asking yourself the question. What is the moral vision of our family? What are, we, what, are we, what, are we, what are we trying to do spiritually? What are we trying to do to build and to grow together? That's the question you should ask. Um, to supply, see that the, family, the, the family's needs are met. Is there anything in this family that they need, not want, need, that we need to provide? Is there anything that would set up the kids for success? Is there anything that would set up my bride for success? Uh, what, what is that and how do I get that? Then the last one is to protect. This is your core primary function. What's the last one? To stand between the family and unwanted danger. Which is why if you give your teenager a phone and let them go buck wild, you're not protecting your family. You're just not. Because social media is discipling your family. Therefore, you've got to ask and answer that question. Why? Because it's your primary responsibility to lead, to supply, and to protect. The reason I'm going into this granule of an of a argument with it is because um, most men don't know. And so we have to actually lay a plan out so they can actually now go home and reflect on it. So, gentlemen, without her knowing, don't, don't, don't call a meeting tonight. Hey, well, we need to talk about the moral vision of this home. Just go think about it first. Go think about it first. Ladies, don't, don't, don't talk about, hey, um, do we have a moral vision yet? Just be quiet. Come on. Just pray and ask God. Okay. No, by the way, single ladies, don't go, don't go taking this to some dude talking about, well, when you can do this, then you can come talk to me. No, no. No, no. 
Here we go. Next one. Next one. Watch this now. Here we go. How is it shaped and how is it guided? Ladies, this is so important. How, how does God say you provide those three primary responsibilities? How is it shaped? How, is it, how do we do this thing? How is it shaped and guided? Here's the command. Love, commanded to love as Christ loved the church. So what is the way of love? Here it is, gentlemen. To sacrifice and to put to death. In other words, Jesus says, the way you know I love you is because I was willing to die for you. Therefore, ladies, you're saying to your spouse, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that this family is loved, is supplied what they need, is led well. I'll do whatever it takes, and I'm going to do it in a way that if it means me sacrificing everything for you, I'm committed to doing it. That's the way it's done. So, so number two, it's the goal of love. What's the goal? For her ultimate and comprehensive good. For her, ladies, this is why you just praise the Lord that he says, do it as unto the Lord. Because he says, comprehensive good for you. What I want is your best good. How do I pull it off for the glory of God? Gentlemen, you got to rest with it. This is how you do it. This is what it's shaped and guided by. Number three, Christ invites participation. So he says, I know you can't do this by yourself. That's why you need to pray and hang out with me so I can fill you with my Holy Ghost afresh daily so you can pull this off. When you get weary, it's because you're doing it in the flesh and you're not doing it in the spirit. But when you allow me complete control, now because you have surrendered, I can do a work in you that you have never seen before. Ladies and gentlemen, he's just telling us. The problem is we try to do it in the, okay, I'm going to tough this up. I'm going to do. Then that's you doing it. You, you're going to get burnt out real quick until you decide to say, God, I'm going to trust you in this. Watch the bottom one. Christ, watch this now, pursues joyful submission, not, say this with me, coerced submission. Here's why this is important. This is so important. Nobody is making her follow you. You must create such an environment that she joyfully wants to follow you. This is why you don't ever say, well, I'm the head of this house, so we're going to do this. No, no. You, you create the environment so she wants to, so she's blown away. So her, the, 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 the circuits in her brain can't fully comprehend why she's so blessed to have a man that cares so deeply about her and her activity and what God's doing in her life. Because if that's the case, then she'll follow you wherever you want her to go. Just like you follow Jesus. Now, the part of the problem is, here we go. If you're not a good follower, then why are you asking her to be a good follower? If you don't want to follow Jesus, then why are you asking her, since you can't lead you to follow Jesus, then why are you asking her to follow you? A bad follower creates a bad leader. Why? Because if you don't know what it's like to follow somebody, then you won't have the empathy to know and to teach what it's like for somebody beneath you to follow you. Oh, I'm preaching now, boy. I am preaching now. You want somebody to tell you, yeah, head, thanks for being my head. 
thank you for being so wonderful that it makes it easy for me to follow you. But that's what you want, but you're not willing to give that to somebody else. The number one sign, I, I always ask people whenever they're going to join our team, you know, I said, hey, man, um, tell me about the last church you were at and tell me how you left. All I'm really asking them is I want to see if you can follow. And if you can't follow, it's only a matter of time before you mess us up. So God bless you. See you later. It's not you. Because if you can follow, you can lead. Let's say that together because somebody's going to miss it and I don't want nobody to miss it. If you can't follow, then you can't lead. Two more times. If you can't, then you can't lead. Last time. If you can't, then you can't lead. Good. Second. So what's it shaped by? The command, watch this, to love God as Christ loved the church. But there's another one. Flip it now. What's it shaped by? To love your wife like you love your own body. That's what he says. Love her like you love. Here's another one. Love her. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your closest neighbor? Your wife. Therefore, what does that look like when you love somebody like you love yourself? Come, 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 come. That means loving her as myself. That means she's a reflection. What does that look like? The text argues for nurturing her. What does that mean? She lacks nothing. Emotional, physical, mental, spiritual. So you should have these four categories and ask, how do I nurture my wife in all four? Gentlemen, what are you doing? You're providing direction. It doesn't matter if, well, Pastor, she just thinks faster than me and she's just naturally good at it. Okay, good. I'm giving you the plan. So what I want you to do, fellas, is I want you to nurture her. Pastor, how do I do that? I want you to make sure emotionally you ask her those questions. Physically, you ask her those questions. Mentally, you ask her. And spiritually, you ask her those questions. Then, come on down, the text says, cherish her beyond the basic needs. In other words, desiring and pursuing her pleasures as he desires and and, and, uh, pursues pleasures for himself. In other words, just as I want to be pleasured, I want you to be pleasured more than me. I promise you, I promise you, if you do that one, you know what I mean. I don't need to say nothing else. I'm just going to leave that one alone for the the couples conference. Next one. Um, Watch this, watch this, watch this. You're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. Hold fast to her, never forsake her, never divorce her. You're not going to like that. Because if I preach the sermon, theological, what I believe God thinks, you will run up out of here. But I'm not going to, not yet at least. But you need to know, part of this is, why, how do I know that? Because God never forsakes you. And you act buck wild crazy. I mean, Buck, wild, crazy. And he still loves you. Not just that. He still pursues you. Not just that. On your worst day, his arms are wide open. And he's loving you. Now, uh, let me go to the extreme because somebody's going to say, you tell me I just must put up with him beat me up. No. no. You tell me she beat me up every day, dog. You're going to the extreme. All I'm trying to suggest to you is way too many of you run way too soon. And that means you don't understand how Christ loves you. That's all I'm going to say because you'll run up out of here. As you seek his joy in her joy. In other words, 
the way you get joy is to see her joyful. Because you love her so much, you, you can't have joy if she's not joyful. So gentlemen, if you're going to lead her, then you've got to make sure she's joyful because you are satisfied in her joy. Your joy comes from the fact that she is joyful. That's all we're trying to suggest. Now, I know, I know, I know. Who in the world doing this? Let me see him. Who doing this? Who doing this? That's why you're going to be the first one. <laughs> Who does this flawlessly? Nobody. By the way, ladies, you have to remember, he ain't Jesus. No, he trying to be, but he ain't Jesus. So don't expect perfection from the man. What I want you to expect is a pursuit. That's all you can ask for is a pursuit. What you should be praying for is a pursuit. Not, not perfection. All right, flip it back over. Come on, let's, let's see if we can land this plane and let me get out of here. Here we go. Um, um, how, how, how do I do it more spiritual? Number on the right-hand side of your handout, you'll see it, Ephesians chapter 5. Here we go. How, how do we do it? Be thankful. Number one, gentlemen, if she's more spiritual than you, be thankful. That's a gift from God. Praise God. A lot of stuff not happening in your house because this woman is a praying sister. So just be grateful for that fact. And, and I know she might be a little overbearing sometimes, but it don't, just be grateful because you could have gotten a buck or a crazy person. But God favored you. You know, sometimes you don't realize, some, no, for real, sometimes, sometimes you don't realize how good you have it until you lose it. I was sitting yesterday uh, hearing a story of an astronaut and how he, um, true story, and how he, how he um, applied for NASA, I think it was 14 times. Over and over, and they rejected, 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 rejected. He said he started out picking apples in California. Hispanic young man, picking apples in California. And he'd remember when he'd see planes come over him, and he'd just be picking the apples. Then he said, I tried for NASA. I told my dad I wanted to do it. My dad fueled me and fired me up and said, son, you can do anything you want to do. And then ultimately, um, he, he, he got accepted. And he got accepted because he did something unique. He went to Russia to make sure that he would learn what was how the Russian astronauts did it. Because he also knew that uh, coming in the future, Russia and America was going to unite to build a, a, a space station. So he preemptively did it. And then he got accepted. <clears throat> on his first flight, he goes up, he's coming down, and he, they were supposed to land in Florida. They had to change it to California. And where they landed was just 10 miles away from where he used to pick apples. Let me tell you what you don't realize. You don't realize how great the country is that you are. Only in America that can happen, that you start picking apples and you end up being an astronaut for one of the greatest countries in the world. You don't get that in most other countries, but you get it here. Be grateful for what you got and realize how good you got it. Every time, this is a parenthetical thought, every time you go to the hospital, you need to be grateful. Because you go to any other country, you're going to wait 15 years before you get in. And you get to walk up to anyone and they see you. You kidding me? That's a blessing. But just like we miss it, in the greatness of our country, just like we miss it, in the, in the, in the free resources, well, it ain't free, but anyways, the resources that we got, <laughs> be careful you're not taken for granted the spouse God has blessed you with. I know they got drama, and I know they got flaws, but they're still trying to pursue the right thing. 
Can I get a witness, somebody? All right, here we go. Be grateful. Number two, number two, number two. Realize what makes your leadership fitting. That is, God has called you, gentlemen, to be the essence of who you are is to be a leader. He created you as the head for that reason. It's who you are. So don't let anybody tell you you ain't nobody's leader. Because if you married, God called you to be the head of that woman. And you need to step up and lead. Shaped and guided by Christ. But you need to step up. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three says you ought to take special initiative and own primary responsibility. And you need to own it with courage, with faith, and with sacrifice. Because that's how Jesus does it. No more silent men. You got to have the courage to step into the silence. You got to have the courage to step into the darkness. You got to have the courage. When you're worn out and tired, if you leave it, you're allowing the enemy to enter your home, which is why you got to step up. And I said, this is going to be a tough conversation. Can we have it? Now, do you have boundaries around it? Absolutely. Okay, we're not going, we're not going to talk about each other. We're not going to denigrate each other's character in the process. Of course, you should have some boundaries around your home. That's what you do. You create these boundaries. No, we're not going to slam, yell, cuss, spit on each other. We're not going to do none of that. That's not what we do. That's not even humane. So we're not going to do that. All right? That's the boundary. Now, we will step into the conversation. And then, when you step into the conversation, you're not going to wait and come up with your argument while I'm talking. You're actually going to repeat what I said. So I know you heard what I said. All I want you to do is be heard. Is that all right, somebody? Number four, number four, number four, number four. I know, I know. Expand your comfort zone. What does that mean? At church, expand your comfort zone with worshiping with her, expand your comfort zone with singing with her, with reading your word, and with getting disciples. There's no reason why any man in this church shouldn't be disciples. None, because we have too many people that want to disciple you. It's your choice. Step into it. And expand your comfort zone. You, if you're a leader, you got to keep growing. If you don't keep growing, then she's going to catch up or surpass you. If she's ahead of you, you got to grow so you can catch up to where she is. So don't complain anymore about, well, she's been saved a long time. Well, then start in Genesis. Let's go. Let's see how quickly we can get through the text so we can catch up to. But don't use the excuse of, well, I just can't do it. Lastly, and then I'm done. Lastly, and then I'm done. What does it look like to have anticipatory leadership. Number one, when the relationship is not working, it's your primary responsibility to fix it. I need all the men, just the men, to read this one. Woo! Just the men to read it. All our campuses, just the men. Read it with me, men. When the relationship is not working, you feel the primary responsibility to... Y'all not saying it passionately enough. One more time. Men, when the is not, you feel the primary to you ever notice how she always has to come back and say can we have a talk? And you be like no, no, I, don't, I just don't want to talk about it no more. I don't want to talk. No, 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 no. You feel the primary responsibility. It's not hers. It's yours. You take the initiative. That's what leaders do. We take the initiative and have the conversation, even though you haven't talked all day. <laughs> ah, somebody's like, can, we, can church be over? <laughs> <laughs> number two. 
Number two, gentlemen, I'm trying to help now. Here we go. What is the overall moral vision of your family? You need to sit down and think about it. What will we believe about God? How do we glorify God as a family? That's your job. It's your job. That's what direction. You're providing direction for the family. That's leadership. So I want you to do your very best, gentlemen. It's, but, Pastor, I just don't like, I don't like thinking this hard. Okay, good. Da, da, get out of your comfort zone. Where are we going? What's our direction? Include her. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? What do you want us to see? Let's write it out separately, and then let's come back and see where we're going. And you put this, this, this framework around where we're trying to go. Number three. Number three. Almost done. Number three. <clears throat> your job is to take the initiative. How do we go to church? Where do we serve together? What should we watch? Lord, have mercy. What are our guidelines on social media? And what do we stand for? You've got to answer that question. What do we stand for? Your job to ask the questions, set the agenda. Is that all right, fam? <clears throat> and then lastly, <clears throat> Lord, have mercy. Lastly, number, number four is what's or plan. By the way, if you ever don't get this, just go to the app. It's all there. The whole thing is. Okay? Um, <clears throat> what's your plan? What's your plan professionally, financially, spiritually, emotionally, recreationally, relationally? Who are we going to hang out with? What other couples are we going to hang out with? Can we, can we get rid of some of the couples we've been hanging out and get some new ones? <clears throat> Parentally, physically. Physically is intentionally last. Physically. All right. Hey, I need a set of cards. Do we have any? I need one. Do you have one? No? It's fine. Everybody on your way out, you get a set of cards. Every couple. You get one per couple. One per couple. Don't be trying to get four for your grandma. It's one per couple. You can buy it later. It's free all day today. But after this, you get to go buy it. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right. So here it is. It says, intimate conversations. Now, some of these will make you get in a fight, but it's intimate conversation. They're really cool. No, for real, for real, for real. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. What, is, what, is, what is the most challenging part of a relationship right now? This can start a fight. Um, um, let, me just, let me just choose another one. Here we go. I, I'm just reading them. Lord, help me make it not be too bad. Uh, what's the one thing you value about a relationship the most? Okay. So you can play cards and you can just talk about it. Uh, what do you daydream about most? Let me get another one. Uh, can I do or say anything to help you feel more secure in our relationship? Ooh. Ooh. How can I support you better? Ooh. Uh, when, was the la- when was the time I made you laugh the most? Never. D- don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> Last, I gotta go, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you could see into the future, what is one thing you would want me to say? Last one. Name, name one date we have not done that you would like us to do. No. Hey, 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 hey. If you shocking, this ain't for you. Somebody going to get mad at that. If you dating, this ain't, he ain't put a ring on it yet. Don't start, don't waken stuff before it's time. Don't waken stuff. One minute they're talking about. 
No, I can't say it. Um, that's control right there. See, we have limits here. We have limits. Um, but everybody gets one of these. I'm joking. If you if you live together, you can get one. Uh, but you have to be like officially dating and stuff. Um, but you can get one. It's our gift to you. Will you help me thank our creative team for coming up with stuff like this for the glory of God? For real. All right, let's go. Amen. Uh, all the men in the house, I need you to stand. All the men in the house, I need you to stand. Come on, ladies. Let's hear it for every man in this house. Yeah. 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 Don't stop, ladies. They need it more. Come on. Don't stop. That's it. That's it. We're proud of you, fellas. We're proud of you. You can do this with the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for every single man in this house, online, at all of our campuses. God, I thank you for the fact that in their essence, you have given them the ability to set direction for this home. I pray, God, that you will pull out of them what you have already placed inside of them and that they will become the men that you have fashioned and created them to be. Now, God, I pray against the devil and I pray against the devil trying to deceive them into silence or deceive them into, I can't. And I pray that you will pull out the best of them so that they can lead their families and their kids will see a man who is running hard after God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Come on, let's give these brothers a round of applause. We're proud of you, fellas. We're proud of you. You may be seated.